0: The week we've all been waiting for is finally here because Disneyland opens on Friday. We're talking book reservations, missing menu items, and exciting park improvements, all on today's Park Hop. Hello, and welcome to the Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where he's peck deep in his own workout routine that he's developed to ensure optimal conditioning for Orlando in October, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Hey, everybody. Every other week, we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and Beyond, before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Henry Hall, can you believe that it's been over 400 days since Disneyland was last open? Yes, at
1: this point, yes, I can't believe
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like it. It does feel like it. It's true. It's like crazy to see that number. But uh, when you think about it, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's been a while, man.
1: Yeah, it's it's been a while. Like it wasn't long enough to kind of break me of of the the addiction of needing to be at the park. And now that things are starting to like get closer to opening, now the uh, the need to go is 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 swelling up again. It's getting in me again. It's I'm getting <laughs> I'm feeling that like I'm falling off the wagon. <laughs>
0: Oh man, I think you got to see a doctor for that kind of stuff. But uh, but yeah, man, March thirteenth, twenty twenty was that final day of operation before the virus shut down, and, and you were there not too long before that, right? Correct. Like we were there like that first week of of March. That's crazy, dude. W- was there even rumblings of? coronavirus or shutdowns or anything like that or was it just business as usual
1: well in the park it was business as usual but the coronavirus was picking up steam because i was supposed to meet with two of my sisters but at the park but only one actually did come because uh, my older sister was too worried about getting the coronavirus at the park uh so she 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 opted out of going to the park yeah she saw it coming oh yeah it was (laughs) she she's she saw it she saw the the writing
0: on the wall yeah well it had been like such a such a hallmark of disneyland especially where it's like listen we've been open since 1955 and we've only closed like one other time and so you know it was like such a big deal when certainly Disney world, but also Disneyland as well, especially Disneyland was like, listen, we're, we're going to shut down. Initially. You remember that it was like, we're going to give it a month. We're going to see how things are going (laughs) now, you know, like 400 and like, I don't know, 15 days or whatever it is later. It's like, okay, now we're finally ready to reopen because they were going to reopen in like July for, you know, they had the, uh, the anniversary date as their initial reopening date. And then that got shut down by the state and, Mm -hmm. Ooh man, what a wild ride it's been. Oh yeah.
1: Definitely like a lot of like hey, like wait and see and then then just like oh no. Eventually it just sunk in that that this is going to be a while. It, I mean even for us, yeah. we kept like oh yeah, it's it's coming it's soon, soon. It's going to open soon and <laughs> No.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it uh that's something man. Well, the, uh, the wait ends this Friday, thankfully, thankfully it ends this Friday and, uh, yeah, man, they're going to be welcoming back guests. There will be guests at the parks. Technically cast member previews start on Tuesday, which is wild. So there will be people riding rides, you know, and just enjoying that park atmosphere tomorrow. But uh, but yeah, man. General public on Friday. It it's uh, it's crazy. This is this is the last week that uh, Disneyland will be closed. Hopefully for a very long time. <laughs> hopefully we won't have to deal with with any of this. Uh, you know, going forward anytime soon. But yeah, man. Meantime. Universal Hollywood has been reopened. It opened on the uh, the sixteenth of April, so they're already rocking and rolling, man. So we're we're getting there, which, uh, which is feeling good. As for Universal, it didn't seem like there was a ton of new details floating around. We are we we had already talked about uh, a lot of the details and what that reopening was going to be. Some of those new rides, some of the updated experiences, just based on those uh, pass previews and some of the press previews that had been going on. So it, not like a ton of new stuff to even chop it up about <laughs> since then. But, uh, but the one thing I did see a lot of is people posting images of the progress that has been made on super Nintendo, uh, land over at, uh, super Nintendo world, super Nintendo world, right? Uh, I think it's, yeah. Super Nintendo world. Super Nintendo World and or land, whichever, whichever that is. Uh, Yeah, there's been just like people were taking all sorts of pictures. I guess you can really start to see into that main kind of courtyard area with all of those kind of green rolling Nintendo-esque hills. Um, When you're coming down to the lower lot from the upper lot, there were a lot of people taking pictures of that. There's also now on uh, one of the construction walls that is facing the public. There is a sign proclaiming hey, Super Nintendo world coming soon. <laughs> so, so coming soon to Universal Hollywood. So it's been like the the worst kept. It's, it's hardly even fair to call it a secret, but it hasn't it wasn't officially announced until recently. But yeah, it's like, okay, this is definitely happening now. So that that has been a big thing. That's kind of cool to see. Progress is always a big thing. And then the other update that I was seeing a few people post about. It, it is not a big deal, but it is something that uh, is noteworthy, especially if you're one Henry Hall who loves the tram tour. But unfortunately, Henry, it sounds like that that Whoville set has been removed from the route. It's been replaced just by a bunch of generic vehicles. So I know that you're upset, but I did want to get your, your take here.
1: Well, I mean... The condition of the Hooville set. I mean, when it initially was set up, when it, before they had the War of the Worlds plane there, uh, it was awesome. But as soon as they had that uh, War of the Worlds plane there, it was just getting worse and worse. And last time I looked at it, it looked pretty broken down, like like run down and stuff. So it's probably for the best that they just they just did away with it because it was looking pretty, pretty broken. Like yeah, it was just looking really bad. So you know, it was <laughs> yeah, it was just hurting my feelings to look at this thing that I I, I loved so much because it actually was like so different from everything else. It's not like you you're just going through a cityscape. It's actually finally they have like something that is, you know, different from like oh well that's a house well it's a smaller house because of the different perspective. so they can they can make people look bigger or whatever and it's like i understand that but it's still like a regular house this here is something that comes out of somebody's imagination and is like otherworldly type you know, situation. So it, it was really cool that, to see that, but to see like how they let it just get run down. Cause it probably needed a, at least a, a coat of paint on it. It was looking like yeah. super like sun bleached out there. So it was just, uh, was not aging well. So it's probably for the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, man. That's, that is the challenge of kind of adding new aspects to the uh the uh, the tram there just because you know these sets are certainly not built to last right like if you're going to use something that was actually utilized within a movie they're built specifically for the purpose of that movie they're not meant to be these like permanent structures so uh so when they start incorporating them it's like yeah they do have a life That, uh, you know, you, 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 you want to see that kind of stuff, uh, kept up, but yeah, it's definitely not always going to be the case. I think it's also, it seems like it's a, it's a bit of a bummer and definitely a downgrade. I guess, I guess given the circumstances, it makes sense, but, uh, it's a bit of a downgrade to go from Whoville to just sort of like, yeah, these are movie used like stunt vehicles. It's okay. It's all right, but it's not like a big movie set. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those things where I always thought like, I mean, it used to be back in the day, you got better movie sets to check out. Cause I mean, you still have the, the Bates Motel and everything, which is, which is nice, but they used to have the clock tower from back to the future, the, like the, the city square from the, the back to the future, which they no longer have. And then, and then, you know, then they had the Whoville uh which i guess they no longer have and it got replaced with the 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 plane from War of the Worlds now tell me how many people really cared about War of the Worlds that movie that movie was just not that great and that sets just not that i mean, I mean impressive i mean it's just like a down it's just like hey we got a, a crashed airplane and garbage you know it's like eh, you know <laughs> I mean it's not
0: iconic Definitely not a universal classic
1: Yeah I mean it's not it's not iconic It's definitely not iconic Like the uh, Back to the Future I mean that's Something that you know to this day Should still be maybe uh, Something to show people And what not mm. So The Clock Tower and everything I mean that's iconic They show like Back yeah. to the Future on TV All the time or the yeah. world's not so much, you know, and I'm fine with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I, I still mourn the loss of that Back to the Future ride, man. That was that was such good times, and Simpsons ride is good times too, but uh, it, it's definitely not on the same level.
1: Yeah, but you know, I saw it just before they uh, they they replaced it, and that uh, the the movie portion, the video of it was not aging well. But yeah, it seems like they, that seems like a theme, of course. <laughs> they don't yeah. maintain their stuff very well, which is something that, I you know, I should appreciate more with Disney is that they do maintain their stuff.
0: I mean, it's definitely true. And it's, it is one of the major differentiating factors between those two parks, right? And And really, it started with, what was that? I guess late 90s, early 2000s. I forget exactly that. That kind of time period where Universal basically started saying like, hey, we're no longer kind of like ride the movies. We're going like full, full balls to the wall, like, you know, theme park mode here. But more, more importantly, they kind of abandoned this idea, or I guess they hadn't even really established it, but they didn't. they didn't go with the idea that like, hey, these sort of classic rides that or established with the park and that people have nostalgia for, like we're going to keep those around and we're going to update those and we're going to maintain those. That is not the direction that universal went right. Like, especially in the Hollywood park, but, uh, but even, I mean, in the Orlando park, right? Like that's still that same kind of thing. Like they're much more readily uh, able to kind of ditch these sort of older rides and replace them with kind of, you know, fresh updates, whether they're classics, uh, you know, new classics, or whether they're, you know, I don't know, kind of temporary fixes or whatever. It's just, it, they're not really valuing nostalgia in the same way that that Disney is. It's just a totally different approach, right?
1: Yeah, but it, it's also, I mean, one of those things that, unfortunately, I, I guess... It, I don't know if it's unfortunate, but fortunately I can remember when there weren't really any rides at universals So uh, originally, right. like when universals was open, there were no rides other than the tram tour. If you want to consider that a ride, it was all shows sure. and demonstrations on how the movies work. And, and, right. it and actually it probably makes sense if you like, look at the shows and stuff that they were demonstrating that, that, yeah, that they, they got rid of those. But as far as like rides go, I mean, I think, you know, it was a while, like, you know, some of the rides they do, they have maintained cause like Jurassic park was one of their first ride rides, uh, a lot, except for like ET was <laughs> probably before that. And that one they got rid of, of course. Um, but uh it kind of makes sense that they, still, did, that
0: they still have et at uh, at, uh Orlando. yeah
1: but uh but they did away with that and hollywood of course isn't dealing with as much uh property to work with yep. as far as it's true you know, so but uh it, as far as getting rid of like those shows and stuff it kind of makes sense because they would be super dated now um but the one that they keep around, you know, the Waterworld show, it's been around for quite some time. And it's actually kind of aged well, I would say, especially considering, like, I I still remember, like, the tram tour back in the day. That literally, like, took, like, all day because you stopped multiple times uh, while you were on the tram tour. And you actually got off the tram at a couple of places to go in and check out like demonstrations of like how they filmed Buck Rogers, how they filmed the, 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 uh, the spaceship flying of the sh- ships and stuff in Buck Rogers. They did. They showed you how blues, uh, green screen worked. They showed you how like flash Gordon, when they did the, uh, the old, old TV show for flash Gordon, uh, like the, how the miniatures of that and some older movies and stuff. And then even at one point I went and they had like a demonstration for $6 million man and, and stuff and how they did the special effects for that and just all that kind of stuff. But if you look at it now, that technology would be super dated now. So it makes sense that they went away, but I don't know. I wish they kind of, if they're gonna have these like things on display, I wish like at least with the cars, put some wax on those cars so they don't like their paint
0: jobs <laughs> just don't fade so bad. I mean, all I know, Henry is how dare you say that a show like Beetlejuice's Rock and Roll Graveyard Review is is gonna be out of date? How dare you? You know, I, I want you to take that back.
1: You know, I never actually got to see that one. I missed that one. That's,
0: that's why you would say something like that.
1: But I did see the old old uh, Conan the Barbarian show.
0: <laughs> oh, there and you that go. one was that's money.
1: That one was that was pretty dated. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't <laughs> great to begin with. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird because it was funny. kind of like a. It wasn't really Conan the Barbarian. It was more like they they had the property of Conan the Barbarian, but they were trying to really do He Man. Yeah. So they had like a little like a a more normal normal sized guy find a sword and pull the sword, and he turned into Conan the Barbarian a la He Man to fight yeah. this giant snake so it was so weird <laughs> but it was definitely not conan yeah. it was more like a, a conan branded he version of he-man
0: yeah so well certainly like shows i feel like age significantly worse than attractions i mean certainly attractions do as well but man if you go back and look at or remember. Uh, some of the shows and just kind of character experiences that they had at like, let's say Hollywood Studios kind of in the early days there where they were still trying to figure out what exactly that park was. It was just like this weird mismatch of, uh, just mismatch of kind of random characters. They would have like, it was like Disney had uh, the rights to Ninja Turtles for hot minute. So it was like the Ninja Turtles would pop up then like Barbie would pop up. They had like a they had like a R.L. Stein Goosebump like a Goosebumps show like horror show. It was just like the most random. Like what is happening? Like what is this doing at a Disney park? Kind of a thing. And I guess maybe that's kind of uh, fun and exciting, especially if you're younger. But yeah, like it super super strange to go back to and think like, oh yeah, that was uh, they had that uh, they had the Power Rangers show up at a Disney park. Like what? Again, like they. They had some Disney had their hands on the Power Rangers for a hot minute, so yeah, they showed up in Hollywood Studios.
1: Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense though that they're testing the waters with stuff there. But I mean, I don't, I don't know it. I think for for Universal's, it's just I think I think they're fi- found a, a good place now with their things, but I, no. I think they do need to like consider like maintaining stuff i guess it's it's harder for them at least considering that maybe like you know they're always kind of they're kind of always changing things up because you never know when you're on the tram tour if you're going to go see the flash flood or not um yeah so i mean there's certain things that you will see because you know you always see like the kong experience but in hollywood but you never know if you're going to see the flash flood because they actually do use that for filming and stuff. Um, even the, uh, the earthquake sequence. Um, I saw that on the episode of uh, bones and it was so weird to see it. It it seems a bit dated now, but, and even in the, the episode of bones that I saw it in, I was like, wow, that's uh, universal studios. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so does the removal of this Whoville set, is the tram tour no longer a must-ride attraction? It's still a must-ride attraction, because you should know... Gotta do it, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, it's still the roots of what what Universal's was. It's just not as... I don't think uh, the tram tour's as, as exciting, and it's been kind of going... Downhill as it's been shortened and shortened and shortened, uh, and you don't get to see as many like stars, I guess, since most of the filming now, I think, on the studio property is usually in the sound stages, so you don't have that chance of actually seeing uh, stars walking by or anything, usually, but uh,
0: it's still something you should check out. Gotta check out, for sure. I agree. Um, but, man, so enough about Universal here. It's open, which is always a good thing. There's some changes. They're not that bad. But really, dude, it has been just a wild and insane couple of weeks gearing up towards this reopening of Disneyland on Friday. All started a week and a half ago, which uh, on the 15th there, with uh, with just yet another painfully and frustrating online queue for tickets. It's becoming, it's becoming a thing, Henry, but uh, was there any doubt that that was going to be the case?
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think, I think we were pretty confident that it, uh, it was going to be a mess and it was a mess because that's just, that's just the way things roll. They can't quite crack that nut of uh, how do we make a online queue that is just filled with tons of people but make it so that it's not just aggressively painful to everyone that is uh, trying to trying to log in and get whatever they're offering. So, um, so I got to be one of the lucky, maybe unlucky people that was able to snag a ticket and a reservation during that initial rush. And yeah, man, it was uh, it was just totally brutal, right? So I log in at 7 a.m. of course they had initially said, Hey, it's going to be, you you know, the queue is not really going to start until 8. AM or uh, uh, what did they say? Said the queue is not going to start any earlier than 8. AM. So it's like, it could be anytime after 8. AM, but it's not going to be before. So of course I'm getting word from people that like, Oh, the, the, the pre queue has started. So the queue hasn't started but there's actually a queue for the queue (laughs) and without any kind of real information in terms of like, well, what is the pre-queue? Nobody knows. So it's like, all right, I got to get in the pre-queue because maybe that's going to set me up uh, in a good place. Maybe it's not like, why would they even have a pre-queue if uh, if there's really no purpose for it? So, okay. 7am boom. I'm in that, I'm in that waiting area, right? The queue for the queue. (laughs) And 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 so you're just said like hey just sit tight you know when when the queue starts up we're gonna we're gonna let you know when uh when everything gets rolling here so very soon after 8 a.m it's like 8.01 maybe the queue officially starts and uh the only way that you know that you're really in the queue I guess there is a message saying like hey the queue you know you're you, you your place in the queue is saved. So don't go anywhere. Don't refresh. Uh, You know, the general kind of uh, same gist that they always give you. But the main difference here is they give you an estimated time, which is great because we've never had that before in any kind of Disney queue. There's always like an animated kind of uh, image. And in this case, it was just a never ending loop of a runaway train on big Thunder mountain, which was cool the first time, but around the like 5,000th time. It was, it was old. It was like, it was, it was mocking me at that point. Uh, I did not appreciate it. So, uh, so yeah, so it's like 8am rolls around. You've, you've, you have the updated saying your estimated time, which is great. That's the good news. The bad news, man, is that basically if your estimated time is anything over 59 minutes it just lists it out as more than an hour. Mm. So you don't know, is that uh, two hours? Is that four hours? Is that 10 hours? You just don't have any idea. It's just more than an hour. So of course I'm on, I'm on a couple of different screens. All of my screens say more than an hour. And then you kind of go into the, I don't it's it's the Disney queue kind of, uh, of uh, a suffering, right? Mm. Where, you're just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And there's no updates. And of course I'm checking Reddit. I'm checking the Facebook groups. I'm doing all that kind of stuff. People are most, for the most part, people are saying we're all at more than an hour, but then there are those people that are like, Hey, I just logged in at like eight Oh five, boom, immediately got in, was able to get tickets and I've got my reservations and I'm out. And so it was pretty quickly apparent that, that uh Disney continued to do their thing of just randomizing the queue so it's like doesn't matter when you log in. you're just at a random kind of number uh so so yeah everyone is just kind of waiting for more than an hour and then after around three hours so this is now at 11 a.m, my uh my estimated time changes from more than an hour to... Uh, it changes to recalculating, which, uh, doesn't mean anything (laughs) like, wait a second. And so of course everything is blowing up with everyone that's waiting saying like, is, is everyone seeing recalculating? Everyone is seeing recalculating. We have no idea what that means. There are people saying I had one minute left and now I'm recalculating. So recalculating lasts for over an hour. (laughs) Everyone is just stuck on recalculating and there are people peeling off and saying, forget about it, dude. Like I'm, I'm going to wait. I'll, I'll, I'll hit up the next rush. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm still locked in and I'm looking through, I'm looking at that reservation page that displays like, Hey, here are the reservations that are available on the first 60 days that the park is open. And there's still tons of availability, right? It's not like people are all slamming through and grabbing everything it just is it, again it's like pretty clear that they have just bottlenecked the system so heavily and are only letting a few people in and, and i guess that's better than crashing the system which i mean it sounds like the system probably crashed when it uh, went to recalculating but i guess that's better that's more uh, that's that's a more uh It's a more preferable crash than like the entire system going down, which has happened, right? (laughs) It's happened before. Well, you've done this kind of stuff. So I I guess it's an improvement, but, uh, but yeah, so long story short, I eventually do get in, but it's not until 5 PM. So it's like this whole thing ends up being like a a 10 hour endeavor. There's still tons of availability even by 5 PM. And I'm able to, Snag the reservations for the dates that I uh, that I want to get, and boom, boom, I'm in, I'm out. There's still tons of people talking about how they're in the queue still. People are saying that, like, you know, they've been on since eight a.m. Still by like the nighttime, people are saying that they haven't gotten through yet. So it, uh, yeah, it was it was quite a bottleneck. Of course, worth caveating this entire experience and just clarifying. In addition to this, was all just for tickets. And it was pretty clear as well, like, hey, Disney wasn't the only place that was releasing tickets on that date and time. Because people were saying like, hey, you know, I'm a member at AAA. AAA is selling tickets. Undercover Tourist was selling tickets. So if that was something that was going to work for you, then you could have completely skipped this entire queue insanity, at least for purchasing tickets. Grabbed your tickets elsewhere Uh, you know, input your ticket ID number into the system and then gotten your reservations. You would have been in and out in under an hour. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, I wanted to use the, I I have a Disney gift card that I wanted to use, but uh, so I had to, I had to go through this whole fun process, but yeah, man, like I don't want to bury the lead here. So good news out of all of this. I mean, mission accomplished. I am going to Disneyland, which is uh, during that June period so I'm not going to be there for the opening of the park but I will be there for that first that Monday and Tuesday after uh, Avengers Campus opens up so I will be there for that opening week which is super exciting but equally interesting is uh despite all of these just you know crazy shenanigans <laughs> Th- there's still tons of park availability <laughs> even today before coming at, at, you know onto the show and recording with you i was looking through the the reservation system there's still tons of it so it's not even like you know this was all just everyone snapping things up and and when you and i were were thinking about what this process was going to be like we knew it was going to be terrible but at least we were feeling like it's going to be terrible because the demand is going to be so high that it's going to sell out within the first day or two, at least that first 60 day block. That is absolutely not the way that it went, uh, that it went at all. Right. Yeah. You definitely had that initial rush of which I was a part of. And then after that, it's like smooth sailing. If you want to roll in right now and buy a single day or buy a park hopper, you have so many days to choose from. It was like people snapped up weekends that made sense. And that first kind of day, when I was looking earlier, you could still technically get a park hopper starting in California Adventure. So you could still check out Disneyland on opening day uh, just after 2 p.m. or 1 p.m. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, I'm still a little in shock just in terms of, you know, with 25% capacity, it seemed like it was a no-brainer that... Everything was going to get snapped up. So I, I, I'm curious, at least from your perspective, Henry, like, why were we off? But just like, what is the what is the what is, the, what is the, what's the deal here? Where there's still so much availability and that demand is significantly lower than what you and I were thinking? Like, what, what what's your take? What's your, what's the reasoning you can think of?
1: The thing I was thinking of, and and I've I've heard some other people's kind of like takes on this too, is that. I think uh, as we've pointed out before uh, the Disneyland and DCA parks are very much locals park. So most of the people who are going to go are going to be locals, but most of those locals also had annual passes. And yeah. those people are used to like, you know, they, they pay a lot up front, and then they're just kind of like, you know, they, they basically just, they don't worry about going in for like a single day or anything like that. They just go like, hey, you know, I want to go for one day. I don't have to pay f- for this day because I have an annual pass. So I think a lot of these people were looking at this as like, I don't have an annual pass anymore. I have to buy a, a single ticket. And I think a lot of these people are kind of holding off until they start up whatever new annual pass program and they want to put their money towards that uh because because just buying like you know two tickets that Mm. could be like because the uh the locals uh annual pass was not that expensive i think it was somewhere around the six hundred dollar price
0: i think it was even less than that yeah Yeah. it
1: might have been yeah i was you know i'm I'm going a little bit high on that just sure. to you know be safe but still like if you think of like the cost of the tickets especially if you factor in like park hopping that's close to like over half of what if you go for like 2 days uh of that annual pass and in the long run the annual pass is going to give you more out of it yeah. and I, I think a lot of those people are waiting for that and it's and they don't want to pay the high price tickets of a single day and not have it go to because that's basically money lost yeah. if they don't have an annual pass program going like if they started the annual pass program uh like as they were like uh, selling tickets, people might've bought tickets because usually you can go into the park and say, okay, I have these tickets and I want to put them towards uh, an annual pass. And you can put that towards the cost of an annual pass. But without a program, that that money you were buying for those tickets is, is pretty much, I wouldn't say going to waste, but for them, it would be a waste of like, potentially uh, towards something even better.
0: Um, yeah. It's a one and done and not like investing in yes. in in like future, potentially even unlimited trips, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that totally. That makes a whole lot of sense for sure. I mean, it it, you know, we've always talked about Disney's always talked about like they estimate that something like there was like previously, you know, over a million annual pass holders at, uh, at Disneyland, which is, you know, astounding. It's pretty insane to think about, but that, yeah, a big portion of that traffic was from annual pass holders. So it totally makes sense what you're saying. And I mean, as an, as a, as a, as a, as a legacy pass holder, previous annual pass holder, it, I mean, it was impossible for that thought not to go through my mind. Like I got, I got two single day single park I guess it was a two it was a two-day ticket one park each day is what I ended up getting because when I looked at the price of a park hopper it was like whoa like I'm not gonna pay three hundred dollars like I don't uh that's okay I'll uh I'll stick to like it was like two thirty five I think for the two park one park each day so that is a little bit easier to swallow but yeah all of a sudden the uh, the uh, the daily kind of cost of getting those tickets is uh, is a very real thing and it's not it's just not the mentality I think that all that so many park um, the previous you know uh, uh, pass holders had and not only that but like you're probably not gonna have a lot of people doing repeat visits to your point um, in this initial phase right like I think people are gonna approach it certainly. You know, uh, I think a lot of people that maybe don't have funds to support like a $500 trip to Disneyland if you're factoring in, like, you know, all in, um, you're not going to be able to do that like every month or a couple times a month because, uh, yeah, man, that kind of stuff adds up. So, you know, I could see people are approaching it where it's like, yeah, we're going to go this one time because it's been so long since we've last been. And then, yeah, to your point, they're going to wait it out. So that is that. That totally makes sense. I I I think you're 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 totally onto something there. It's also it's also the uh, the idea that a lot of pass holders were potentially even coming in from out of state, or a lot of visitors were coming in out of state. Um, right now, this is this is all California only. So uh, I'm sure you do have a lot of people that would have traveled to the parks and probably would have filled out much of these uh, available reservations. Uh, all of those, uh, all of the, all of the Arizona visitors that you're you're such a big fan of, um, they would have filled out a lot of that. And, you know, it does sound like uh, California did just recently update the guidelines for theme parks to say, hey, if, um, you know, out-of-state visitors are allowed to visit if they are, they've been vaccinated. Um, And despite that, Disney and Universal have both said, like, we're not, gonna do that as of now we're still sticking to california only so um so yeah so i mean you know take that for what it is well i mean if
1: you look at that the you run into like so many logistic problems with that because you know people are getting vaccinated which is awesome but there's nothing like official that you actually get i mean you get a piece of paper saying you're vaccinated but how hard would it be for somebody to just make a counterfeit of that? You know, there's yep. no one official. I mean, I've I've heard of a lot of places like considering doing some kind of like vaccination passport to get into places potentially. But it yep. and then every place is gonna is talking about their own. There's nothing that's like the federal government's not talking about, but like every yep. state is or even like cities are talking about these things. So it's like there's no like single uh, pass or way to tell who's vaccinated officially and who is
0: not. Well, it just becomes incumbent on Disney to verify that, yeah, which is and, like, to your point, and, yeah, they don't want it. They don't want any of Yeah,
1: that. and there's just too much like that would be to cost like a lot of money to really get like that information. I imagine they still would want to pay it if they wouldn't be, like, so difficult to really, like, uh, verify. But then on top of that, I mean, the difficulty of getting that kind of information, because I don't even know if, like, uh, hospitals give out that information because, you know, there's that, uh, you know, confidentiality with doctors and hospitals that I don't know if HIPAA. Yep. I, don't, I don't know if they give that kind of stuff up. But plus, people are getting vaccinated outside of hospitals. So who knows yep. what kind of records are being kept of that. Yep. But then uh and then on top of that, what happens if uh somebody they they do get through the system and they aren't vaccinated, and then you do have an outbreak that they link back to Disneyland and now Disney has either lawsuits or just really bad press about how unsafe it is to go to Disneyland. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I don't think they want
0: to like risk. Well, and not to mention like the, the state economy is officially kind of reopening quote unquote, but the, this framework that that, that, you know, everyone's been going by is, uh, is basically being ditched on June 15th anyway. So it's not like, it's not like, you know, it, it's not like they're in uh, a much better end or worse position if they were to do this. It's like, well, let's just wait till the 15th, which seems to be the way that they're uh, handling this. And 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 then like we can make a call around that date, as opposed to trying to figure out all of these logistics to, uh, to mesh with a, a, a framework that's going to be out the window in a couple months anyway. So yeah, it, it. Uh, that just makes a lot of sense, man. I get it. And you know what? For us California residents that are able to get to the park before uh, out-of-state visitors are allowed back in, all the better. I'm I'm totally looking forward to hopefully not fully booked at 25% uh, days at the park. That sounds pretty good to me.
1: Yeah. I wish I could uh, experience it myself.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I heard that um, uh, that Chapic is waiting to give you your tickets in person so (laughs) yeah um you may want to may want to be ready for that uh Uh, that call i heard it's coming
1: i I heard i mean equally that more equally and even more plausible is that chapik is making sure that i
0: cannot go (laughs) oh (laughs) it's keeping me out it's very it's a very negative spin henry yeah (laughs) yeah Trying to trying to keep things positive here, big guy. But uh so yeah, man. So reservations not fully booked. What did get fully booked though? Dining reservations for table service restaurants, man. So these opened up on this past Thursday. And uh, and all of the in-park locations, so any of these restaurants that are located within either Disneyland or uh, California Adventure, of which uh, the ones that were open, there were only like two in each park, so not a ton of options here. But of those two in each park, uh, they all got filled up within like an hour, maybe two hours. So, of course, like I said, it doesn't help that there are so many locations that still aren't opening. It was something like over 10 restaurants, generally, are not opening. So you're again, like it limits the pool of places and and options that you do have. Uh, and then the ones that are opening are still sticking to, it seems like they're only, they're sticking to only outdoor dining. So again, it's like significantly reduced capacity for all of these places. Um, so that was a bummer. That is a reservation. I did not snag. I tried really hard, but yeah, the only reservations that are still available were uh were those from downtown Disney, which I'm not gonna do. So uh so yeah man it's uh I, I'll check once we get a little closer to the date and I've been checking kind of periodically I have a feeling people are gonna be holding on to those for dear life. Yeah but <laughs> not holding out not holding out much hope for that Cafe Orleans reservation.
1: Yeah well you you know the big deal of the thing the best the best time to actually check other than like beforehand is of course uh, that twenty four hour period just to yeah you know because people cancel because they they need to cancel so they don't have to pay that ten dollars per person for skipping out on their uh, on the reservation right. so
0: maybe you might fingers crossed fingers crossed man I want those I want those palm frites um, but so you know even even so. I was like, all right, let's not get too down because I can at least still stick with quick service. I'm pretty adept with the mobile order. I'm I'm a big fan of that. I was using that as soon as it uh, came into being at the Disney park. So no problem. Right. I was like, there's still plenty (laughs) that I can uh, enjoy in terms of quick service. Well, uh, (laughs) the updated menus for a lot of these establishments dropped, or at least the menus were updated recently. And uh, yeah, that was also a little disappointing because it looks like quite a few of the menus of some of the the most popular places, my favorite places within Disneyland and uh, DCA, they're cutting back a lot of these menu items, dude. So, uh, so I went through uh, as many of the restaurants as made sense. And, and just made a couple of call outs that I thought were noteworthy. So, uh, the biggest one was that currently there is nobody offering breakfast, or at least there is no breakfast menu. Uh, so I was like, okay, listen, I want a breakfast Ronto wrap. And if for some reason I can't get a breakfast Ronto wrap, I want a breakfast burrito at the Galactic grill in Tomorrowland. If I can get one of those, I'm going to be a happy boy in the, uh, in the morning. time. <laughs> no breakfast, no breakfast. So, uh, so yeah, I'm hoping that that changes, but, uh, yeah, as of now I'm not having either right now. Uh, I was like, Oh, well at least maybe, you know what? They have the, um, they have the taqueria that's attached to tortilla Joe's. They were doing at least previously like $5 breakfast burritos in the morning. Like that was still pretty legit. That is temporarily, closed. So uh so yeah, I'm I'm not 100% sure what uh, breakfast time is going to look like. I guess we'll we'll figure that out. Also omitted so Bengal barbecue, one of my favorites. I was I was absolutely looking forward to dominating a few of those skewers from Bengal barbecue, but now on their menu only four uh skewers are listed. So that's down from their usual six and of course the two that are missing asparagus wrapped in bacon and the pork belly skewers. Those are the two that without fail, I always order have never been disappointed by very disappointed by the fact that I may not be eating those. That is a, uh, that is a, that is a huge blow to my, uh, to my Disney trip planning right now. Also no jungle julep included on that list for uh Bengal barbecue. I am a huge fan of it, even though it, Tends to tip a little bit heavy on the sweet side of things. I'm not, uh, you know, my especially when you're dehydrated, it's a hot day, you know, really sweet drinks uh, sometimes maybe aren't cutting it. I make an exception for the Jungle Julep because it is incredible. Have you have you checked out this Jungle Julep, Henry? No. Remember, I've never been
1: to bangle Barbecue. Uh,
0: I'm. This is a setup. I'm setting. I'm setting up the. <laughs> I'm setting up the bit, Henry. So. Uh, so man. It is, it's a, it, it's a slush, right? So it's a slushy drink. So already on a hot day, that's that's what you're looking for. And it is grape, it is pineapple, it is orange, and it is a little bit of lemon juice, all kind of blended in this slush. And it is, dude, on a hot day, you got a couple skewers that you're, uh, that you're rocking on each hand. You got one of those big paper straws that fall apart by the time <laughs> that you've gotten about a third of the way through your drink. And you've got a skewer in each hand and all you need to do is bend down and suck on that soggy straw. Dude, it is <laughs> it is money, man. That is a good day. Nobody can tell me anything otherwise. That is a good day. I'm not going to be able to do that right now, it's looking like. So, uh, so, yeah, that was a bit of a downer for me. We also got the Plaza Inn. Luckily, everyone just calm down for a second, okay? They do have the fried chicken listed. But under entrees, it's just fried chicken or it's an apple salad. There is nothing else outside of that. So if you are rolling into Plaza Inn expecting a pot roast or meatloaf or any of that other stuff that uh, you know is on the other kind of menu that's not the fried chicken, you're probably going to be disappointed. But really, if you're going to the Plaza Inn, you should be getting the fried chicken anyway. So that is what I might have to hit up. If these, if the, if nothing changes here, I may have to hit up that uh, that. That fried chicken at the Plaza Inn because it it really is incredible. It holds up to it. You've had that, right, Henry? Yes,
1: I have had that. I had that, and, and Lori had the uh, the pot roast. So she, and she enjoyed the pot roast. But yes, I had the fried chicken, and it was really, it was good.
0: They know how to make fried chicken there for oh, sure. Oh
1: yeah, and of course you know. It's it's incredible how long it took me to get it, you know, considering how much we've always smelled it as as you enter in uh, Tomorrowland. Uh, yeah, but it took us a long time, but I finally finally got around to getting it, and it was just recently too. So, mm. uh, also surprising because you are a fried chicken connoisseur, my friend. Yes, uh, it, but it is something that I I, I try to. To partake in very, uh, you know, a little less than uh, used to just
0: as uh, health reasons why. But but I do every now and then. Well, fried chicken is on the menu. So, bummer for the pot roast, but fried chicken is a go. We also have the Tropical Hideaway. It, It looks like it is set to become the Dole Whip Hideaway because right now, it uh, has no food items, so no bows, none of the, the weird kind of fruit lumpia uh, that uh, is, is hit and miss. But, you know, sometimes it's just you just got to you just got to take it on the chin. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's it, sometimes it works. Sometimes it is exactly what you're looking for. They also have those weird like cold ramen shakers. Not a fan of those, but like the, the buns are OK. But anyway, yeah, this is like uh, right now listed. It is the that normal kind of Dole Whip stand is not open. Mm-hmm. So if you want a Dole Whip, you're heading to the Dole Whip Hideaway. Uh, and at least they do have the different variations of Dole Whip. So if you want like a Dole float or you want a mix of different kind of Dole Whip flavors, you can do that. So that uh, that at least, Dole Whip is at least on the menu. It's being handled over at Tropical Hideaway. Another interesting kind of thing. So we know that um Cafe Orleans, obviously, opening, obviously, they do have the Monte Cristo on their menu. But like I said, man, it, the space is going to be extremely limited. So it was looking, I was a little, little upset that it was looking like I may not be able to get a hold of that Monte Cristo because the Blue Bayou is closed. It's going to open, uh, I'm sure once restrictions uh, you'd loosen up a little bit, but for now it's closed. So right now, you know, it was looking like Cafe Orleans, only place to get that Monte Cristo, but with these updates, luckily it's looking like Smoke Jumpers Grill over at uh, uh California Adventure is continuing to offer their half portion that they were doing for Touch of Disney. So, uh, so at least if you're able to get over to California Adventure, if you're in California Adventure for the day, uh, you're still able to get a hold of a portion of a Monte Cristo and honestly, half a portion probably plenty yeah <laughs> probably gonna be that's fine actually that.
1: probably that, that almost sounds better that would probably actually be better at least if you're like uh you know because i think me and my uh, me and my wife always split the the Monte Cristo, yeah. so it's enough for two people so a half portion is enough for one person so uh, so yeah. yeah i think that's actually a probably a better idea but you know of course you don't get the atmosphere of cafe orleans and and they actually have really good service at cafe orleans so it's it's yeah, one of those that's you know one of those things that actually is one of those i don't mind you know table service there because
0: uh, they're very attentive um so it's gonna feel weird though just to, i mean obviously didn't w- wasn't able to make it down for Touch Disney. Does feel kind of weird that I have to enjoy my Monte Cristo on a California Adventure day and not a Disneyland day. That uh, it seems a little weird. I'm sure I'll get over it. I'm sure I'll still enjoy it. But yeah, it's uh, it's a strange kind of a thing to think about. First world problems, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really true. That is the definition
1: for sure. I mean, there'd be some people like me who won't be able to get it at all while you're down there. So
0: enjoy, joy, man. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> pump the brakes, Henry pump, the brakes, big guy. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Uh, I'm reading you loud and clear anyway. So <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the, uh, the one thing to note here as well is that, um, to, uh, earlier today, somebody on the, uh, pass holder Facebook group that I'm a part of, um, posted uh, just an update on this saying that they had talked with a cast member uh, and had asked about specifically, hey, are the menus finalized? Cast member said, no, as of now, menus are not finalized. So, does raise the likelihood there's going to be some changes. Hopefully, that means that certainly breakfast comes back because it seems strange, even though I guess these are technically later hours. It still seems weird. It's oh, parks open at nine. Usually the turnover to lunch is at 11. So you've got a couple hours there to be selling breakfast. What are you going to sell if you're not selling breakfast in the park? So I think that's probably going to be added. Um, I just hope that there will be a, uh, one or the other between the breakfast burrito or the Ronto wrap, uh, for breakfast. So we'll see about that. And hopefully, yeah, some of these, some of these, some of these more frustrating uh, updates will roll off. I just want, I just want either the asparagus or the pork belly. Give me one or the other, man. Don't take both away from me. I don't like that. Don't like it. Not a fan. But we'll see.
1: Yeah, the sad thing. We'll is, see how things go. Sad thing is, is that the carts. You know, it doesn't sound like the carts are going to be open. Uh, so you know, no fruit cards at least so no pickles and uh no uh actual I, I think that uh turkey legs unless like one of the uh restaurants is going to be selling turkey legs which is uh, probably a possibility imagine they're going to po- possibly do that uh at the uh, the stand across from uh um uh, Midway Mania possibly
0: if it- I can confirm for you, Henry Hall, that at least when I looked earlier today, the turkey leg carts
1: were showing. Oh, are they showing now? Okay. Because initially I think they were saying that they weren't going to be uh, opening, but that makes sense.
0: Right. So, yeah. so well, I mean, they were open for Touch of Disney, both the pickle and the uh, turkey leg carts. Oh. So one would hope that that would carry over.
1: Okay well
0: I've high hopes. I' have high hopes for the uh, pickle and turkey leg carts. Now if only they would uh, kind of consolidate things a little bit. Sell a turkey leg and a pickle from the same cart. Save you a little bit of time. Pickle turkey legs maybe there you go. <laughs> that is the next careful <laughs> careful what you're throwing out there. Some Somebody from uh, Disneyland uh, you know the the catering group, the chef group there is going to hear you talk about that. And next thing we know, it'll be the next weird viral creation that they make. It was like, hey, man, you thought that that hot dog in the uh, – you thought that the pickle in the corn dog with the peanut butter was weird. Get ready for the pickle turkey leg. It's like, <laughs> oh, Henry, you got to eat that. If, th- if that ever becomes a thing, that's uh, that's all you. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, i probably <laughs> even worse, so <laughs> – I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'm sure you will. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then so the only other uh, kind of cool little tidbit is that we got from Disneyland in preparation for opening Is we did. We are getting these kind of little sneak peeks at some of the improvements that have been made and are being made in this preparation for for reopening. And, And these are less of like previews that we're starting to see really more of like little brief tastes to get you excited. So we, we of course, have seen that King Arthur's carousel has been fully repainted. It's looking really cool. That was of course closed. uh I want to say like in January when I was at the parks in January, this was kind of all still scrimmed up. So I think it's been, it's been closed for quite a while at this point, they'd already started work on that. Um, Of course, we've still getting a few little images and sneak peeks of that uh snow white's enchanted wish which of course is that, that kind of uh plus up of uh the scary snow white ride uh, to make it a little less scary um that's looking like it's going to be really cool uh, a little more bright a little more cheery a little less freaking out the kids um which is kind of a bummer but you know whatever we so we'll see how things go sleeping beauty's castle man like uh so they had a live stream on uh on their facebook page showing off i guess they've refreshed they've updated some of the lighting for sleeping beauty's castle uh uh, to me it looked exactly the same it looked really good but i couldn't really couldn't really see much of a difference but um it's also kind of weird that they're doing this brand new lighting scheme and there's not going to be a lot of park hours that are open during nighttime right like I think initially for the first couple of weeks, their parks closing at seven. So it's still going to be daylight when the park's closing. And then they're going to go to 9 PM. By the time you hit summer, dude, park's still going to be uh, park, that sun is still going to be going down when the park's closing. So, uh, so hopefully things get extended out a little bit, but I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Eventually, like I said, eventually people will good. be able to see it <laughs> That's later true. in the year. It, it, it's a little tickle for anticipation. Uh, but the big one that uh, that I know that you are most excited about, Henry Haunted Mansion, is getting a handful of new updates. So they showed off Pet Cemetery. Looks like it is kind of getting a refreshed uh, landscaping that's been done, but it's really kind of narrative focused. So you know, if you look at those Pet Cemetery tombstones, uh, you know they're all kind of designed as that animal that's buried beneath them and there's sometimes even like a little story, but they've tried to make it kind of narratively consistent. So it's like, you know, the the frog that's buried there has like a patch of almost, they almost look like lily pads or something like that around mm. it. Um, So it just looks like really well done a little more. I don't know if color is the right word. It's a little more vibrant, a little more, a little more uh interesting. Whereas before it's been kind of fun to check out the, Uh, the pet cemetery, but it's not something that really catches your eye. It looks like that it is definitely going to be really fun and interesting to look at while you're queued up and, uh, and waiting in line. So we also have the hallway that leads from the stretching room to the dune buggies. That's sounding like it's been redecorated as well. And there's a new animated portrait that kind of has some facial movements that are a little creepy that you're going to be able to check out when loading into that dune buggy. Um, and then they also called out that there are even more enhancements that uh, we'll have to see in person. So, Henry, I know that that's getting you excited, dude.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the uh, the improvements on the Haunted Mansion, especially considering, like, I think uh, a friend of ours they called out that the uh, the lighting in the Haunted Mansion, when not, you know, The uh, holiday version, the Nightmare Before Christmas version, uh, it was really dark. And I have to agree, it was getting pretty dark in there. So it was harder and harder to see stuff. So hopefully, like either the, I mean, I wouldn't want it to be like brighter in there, but at least the lighting is better so that you can see all these new improvements a lot easier than it was in the
0: past. Yeah, it's uh, there's something about like that. And, uh, something about haunted mansion and Peter Pan for whatever reason at Disneyland, they have the darkest versions of those rides (laughs) everywhere else that I've been where, uh, where they have different versions of that. It's always so much brighter, so much clearer. Like you can actually see what's going on, but, uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, our versions are just not—they're uh, a little dim.
1: Yeah, and that uh, hopefully, I imagine they did—they fixed the the broken lightning storm window in the in that hallway. The to the after the stretching room because there's always that uh, lightning one that didn't quite light up correctly. It, the the lighting was off always. It didn't look right when the lighting lightning flashed. It it's just weird so hopefully they finally fix that hopefully
0: yeah I've, i i think that's fair game for sure they've had uh, they've had a lot of time they've been talking quite a bit about all the work that they've been putting into it so yeah man i'm 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 excited to check it out for sure i have high hopes i, I i'm excited for everything man like how wild is it henry that the next time you and i talk the next episode for episode 52 of the podcast that uh, we'll be talking with Disneyland open, Hollywood, uh, universal Hollywood open. Things will just be fully operational, man. Well, maybe on a, on a limited basis, but things will be moving. <laughs> Guests will be enjoying the park.
1: Oh, I'm sure, uh, we'll have like a, I'll have watched a bunch of streams, um, people who got to be there day of, or at least that week, uh, you know, enjoying the park, while I'm at home, but, uh, get me excited. Hopefully, hopefully sometime, uh, maybe this summer I'll get a chance to go down, but we'll see.
0: Henry, you got to throw out a couple of, uh, comments and a couple of requests to some of the vloggers that we know that are going to be down there. To, uh, to check on your uh, pickle and turkey leg availability. <laughs>
1: Actually, the sad thing is uh, talking about looking into going down to D- Disneyland, found out that uh, my wife's favorite uh, place to eat outside of the park, the Pizzatarian, closed down. It did not make it through uh, the oh, shutdown, no. so she was bummed uh, about that because that was one of the things that she was excited for, so... We're gonna to have to find a new uh,
0: go-to place for her. Well, that's too bad. You know, it is probably open, Henry. All Star Burger, <laughs> <laughs> your favorite. I hope that.
1: No, I hope that place. <laughs> <laughs> They've been waiting. I, for you, I hate Henry. to say that. I hate to say that because that's somebody's livelihood. But they, uh, but they are not good. You're not a fan. <laughs> it's, it's okay. No,
0: you don't have to be a fan. <laughs> Would you get like a, was it was the bulgogi burrito? Is that what it was? No, I
1: did not get the bulgogi burrito cuz they didn't have it. Oh. Yeah, they had it on the menu, but they didn't have stuff to make it. <laughs> Apparently. That's why. Or they
0: just didn't want to make it. That was the good menu item.
1: <laughs> I was like, "Hey, I oh, I want something that's that's a bit more like less traditional cuz I can get a burger anywhere." <laughs> oh, you can't get <laughs> the bulgogi burrito. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so
0: yeah, uh, you should have stuck with Earl a sandwich, dude. Well, you
1: know, <laughs> there's you know, we definitely found other places that are better after that experience. It's like one of those times where you go like, I want to, I need to expand my uh, my my food palate and try something new, and it blew up in my face once I maybe should have checked Yelp before we went in there. I definitely, (laughs) it's one of those times. I mean, I generally am not like, Oh, I need to check Yelp. That was one of those times where I go, man, yeah, I probably should have used Yelp from that occasion. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, uh, that would have been wise for sure, man. (laughs) That just about does it for today. Remember you can catch the great park hop each and every other week on Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast, so don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. We always appreciate that. And it, uh, This has been episode 51 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Until then, stay healthy, everybody. Henry Hall, you take care, big guy, I Chapic is looking for you. <laughs> Answer that call. Answer the call of Chapek. Take care, man. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.